Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. have you here with us and of course today we are celebrating Veterans Day and we want to just declare to you those of you that have served or have family members or friends that have served how honored and grateful we are for your service you know there's an old saying that freedom isn't free freedom isn't free and we sit here today and are able to worship our God or to live the way that we do with the liberties and the freedoms that we do only because those who have come before us and are presently protecting our rights, our liberties, and our nation. And we need to vow to ourselves and to those who have served and are serving that we will never, ever forget We will never take for granted the sacrifices that you have made. Those who have gone before us, those who are serving, maybe they haven't given their lives uh, literally, but they have given their lives literally. There's a sacrifice of being away from your family, away from this nation, away from the things that are normal. There's a sacrifice emotionally as well as physically and many times maybe they don't actually have the scars physically but they do in their hearts and so today we want to honor you I'm going to have Pastor Sean pray in just one minute but before we do that those of you who are veterans or you have family that are serving or are veterans would you stand so that we can actually honor you oh God bless you Some of you in your uniforms, God bless you, God bless you. Come on, let's just give them a great big round of applause. Thank you all so much. And we do have special gifts for you in the lobby. You can pick them up after the service at the uh, information center. And it's just a little gift and just a little reminder to you how much we love and appreciate you and honor you. Amen. And those of you on stream, God bless you as well. Pastor Sean, what what would you say to veterans today? Well, being a veteran myself, I served for 14 years. I was an infantry sergeant serving in uh, Sinai, Iraq, and Afghanistan. And uh, I think, as you said it very well, Pastor Tiz, that the word is sacrifice. People don't understand what these men and women have done I think a lot of our a generation to understand the sacrifice of leaving family. And I remember times, you know, walking out the door and uh, just, you know, you, you put on this, this, uh, this face that, you know, you got to go do something. You got a job. And, you know, one of the things in the, in the military, they says a distracted soldier is a dead soldier. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and my wife was so good about that to not to... Uh, 
to take care of things at home while I'm away so I could focus on getting all of my men back home. And so I just want to say to veterans, we love you. We will never forget what you have done. We will never forget the sacrifice that you have made for this country because of your sacrifice, we remain free. And as long as we're here, we're going to stay free until Jesus Christ comes. And so even though a lot of us are not in uniform anymore, we still feel, because we made an oath, guys. We swore an oath that uh, that's, we don't take that very lightly, to defend this nation against enemies, foreign and domestic. And even though I'm not in uniform anymore, that oath, I believe, is still in play. And you know, Sean, I'm so glad you mentioned that about the families and about Corey and yes. your family, because that's where the sacrifice is, is, is also made. And we ought to honor today all the families that yes. stand behind yes. the military yes. in their families, yes. because that is huge, absolutely huge. And they also need to be honored and, and uh, thanked yeah. and respected. Absolutely. Amen? Yes. And, and so, Sean... Would you just lead us in a prayer? Absolutely. Can we all stand just in honor? And we want to honor those, as Pastor Tiss says, that are watching. We honor you yes. wherever you're watching from. We thank yes. God for you. And we just want to pray a blessing on those who have served. Veterans Day is about those who have served. And we have people that are serving right now. They're downrange, as we call it, deployed in places that we may not know of. And we want to pray for God's protection over them. Yeah. And to bring them home safely, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, Amen. everything intact. So let's yes. pray. Father, we thank you, first yes. of all, that, Lord, we, we thank you thank for the you, opportunity yes, that God. many of us have had to serve Hallelujah. in this nation. Thank Lord, we don't Lord. take that for granted. Yes. And, Lord, as I remember when I was in boot camp and they were asking, the, mm. the drill instructors were asking a question, why did you serve? And one man said, I wanted to serve something bigger than myself. Yes. And, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, we have done that in even more of the kingdom of God. We are serving something bigger than ourselves. And so I pray for your divine protection and blessing and grace on every man and woman that has worn the uniform in all the services, Lord. I ask you, God, to bring a healing to those with PTSD, those with traumatic brain injury, those who are having scars from, the, from what they have gone through, that, God, I speak healing to those men and women right now in Jesus' name and a restoration because there's nothing that the devil has done to them that, God, you can't do something about. And I pray that you would bring healing and wholeness in their families, God, in a strange relationships, Lord, you would restore and renew yes, families yes. and lives. You, I pray Psalms 91 yes. over those who are deployed Thank and serving you, right now yes, that God, God you would protect you, them and enable them Thank to do you, their Lord. job successfully Thank and every Thank one you, of them would come home yes, whole in God. the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May the angels of God, the warriors of heaven surround yes, them, protect them and cover them in their coming and their Thank going you, in Jesus' name. And Father, we honor and bless those who are served and may this nation never forget the sacrifices of men and women to keep this nation free and we thank you for a spirit of freedom today because of it and we give you all the praise in Jesus mighty name hallelujah now just give the Lord some praise thank you so much Pastor Sean 
Thank you, veterans. Thank you, families. And God bless you greatly as you are a blessing to us and to so many. Amen. Pastor Scott, we have a jam-packed service for you come today. Come on, come on, somebody. We have a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. You may be seated. But right now, Pastor Scott, could you introduce this video that we're going to show from Karen Hayesot? Well, uh, all of the New Beginnings family and our partners through Larry Huck Ministries in America and around the world have made a beautiful, powerful decision to stand with the nation of Israel. Give yourselves a hand clap. Amen. Amen. And this journey for us began almost 30 years ago in studying the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, but it morphed into standing with our Jewish brothers and sisters politically, financially, spiritually, and it's been an awesome journey, and many of you have been on that journey with us for many, many years. And you've not only prayed, but your, your tithes and your offerings uh, have gone into making life-changing differences in the Jewish people living in Israel. Amen. Through our project Aliyah, we've brought tens of thousands of Jews back home from around the world fulfilling Bible yes, prophecy. Amen. We bought uh, 10, and now it's going up. People are just uh, donating unbelievably uh, because of the war. But uh, over 10 uh, mobile ICU ambulances are on the road around Israel because of your donation, saving 10,000 lives apiece in their lifetime. And uh, we've uh, supported Holocaust survivors for so, so many years, feeding them and encouraging them, and just that they would know that Christians in America and around the world, including Australia, care about the Jewish people, care about the sacrifices that were made, and uh, uh, that uh, tie, that offering that you so faithfully give goes to support that and the list goes on and on and we can't thank you enough. This is our goal. This is our purpose. Uh, We want to evangelize the world for the Lord and we want to stand with Israel and fulfill Bible prophecy until the coming of the Lord, the coming of our Messiah. And so we have a special video for you uh is that right guys and so we're gonna watch that and then we're going to do something very very special after that amen go ahead and roll it guys oh here it is here To Pastor Larry and all of our friends there in Texas at Larry Huck Ministries and New Beginnings Church, thank you for standing with Israel. Thank you for supporting Karen Ayesod, especially at times like this. I'm here in Kibbutz near Oz, and you see behind me just some of the destruction. These are houses that people lived in with their families where the Hamas genocidal barbaric terrorists on October 7th came in and they murdered and they plundered and they burned these houses. 
In this kibbutz near Oz, there were about 400 residents. One-fourth of the residents here, one-fourth, are either murdered, kidnapped, or nobody knows where they are. It's simply unbelievable. I'm here specifically in order to send these images to all of you, our friends of Karen Ayesod all around the world and friends of Israel, the different Karen Ayesod campaigns, our Christian friends of Israel. They may have murdered our people. They've kidnapped our loved ones. They broke our hearts. But what they didn't do was destroy our spirit. Our spirit is still strong and resilient. And mostly that's thanks to you, all of you for supporting us, not just financially, which is incredibly important right now, the needs are huge, but for standing with us and showing your solidarity and giving us the courage and the optimism, even at this dark, dark time, to see some shimmers of light, of hope, and your support and solidarity. So I want to thank you and urge you to please stand with Israel more than ever. Give to Karen Ayesod more generously than you ever have in the past. We need you. This is a defining moment in the history of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Amen. And thank you to every one of you that is standing with Israel and supporting Israel. And um, I just want to say that it's so important that we have a voice, that we have an influence, that we know the facts, we know what's going on, and that we make a stand. Because there are voices out there that are very strong and very determined in their effort to discredit Israel and to come against them. And so you and I have the obligation through God to be a voice, to be an impact, come on, come on. and to be an influence for God. Amen? So Amen. as you can see, Pastor Larry is not with us today. He couldn't be here today. But we do have a very, very special guest straight from Israel again, who is in the trenches in Israel right now, who has a word for us today. Would you welcome my husband, our pastor, Pastor Larry Huck. OMG, come on. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. Well, it's uh, it's morning there, but it's evening here, and uh, I just got back to the hotel. We were down right on the Gaza Strip where the massacre took place. We were down there all day and uh, talking to people, videoing things, and. Uh, uh, you know, I really felt the need to come over here, and I didn't really know why I needed to be here, but I knew I needed to be here, and once I got here, once we went down there, uh, I realized why. You know, we catch a lot of news here in Israel. All, everybody in Israel does, and one of the things that's heartbreaking to everybody here in Israel is hearing politicians and hearing uh, MSNBC and NBC and these stupid college kids saying it's all fake. It never happened. Uh, uh, Hamas uh, never did this. It's all fake news. Well, I saw it. We walked it. Um, we've got video proof of it. 
And uh, guys, I'm going to tell you, it not only happened, but it was much, much worse than I could even imagine. The things that we saw and the people we talked to that almost everybody down in this area lost somebody. They lost loved ones. They lost family members. They lost son, a daughter, uh, a mom, a dad, a niece. And, uh, you know, you hear, you hear so much about ceasefire over in Gaza. And when we show you these films, you'll hear uh, over and over again, constantly uh, explosions in the background. I'm sure the camera and the audio picked it up. Uh, but one of the things that the news doesn't report when they're talking about these innocent civilians is the attack uh, into these neighborhoods, into these kibbutz, uh, actually came in two waves. The first wave were the uh, Hamas themselves and what they did to people. There, the the army created a 47 minute video and you can't watch it, you, you can't watch it, off of GoPros that the these butchers were wearing. And it is beyond horrible. It is like if it was in a movie, you would say that's the stupidest thing. No, no human being could do that to a woman or a baby or a child. But what is not reported a lot is there was a second wave that came in and did the same thing. Uh, and that was just civilians out of Gaza. And uh, it was beyond horrible. It was beyond anything that I could imagine. And for people to say it never existed, well, we've got footage. I, I walked into these homes. Uh, we didn't video it. I didn't want to video it. I thought it would be disrespectful, but these, uh, these homes full of blood, um, blood everywhere, bullets everywhere, burnt out, bombs. And as a matter of fact, uh, I'm not going to bring it home because I don't want it in my house, but here's one of the thousands and thousands of shells that are on the ground from these these animals coming in and butchering these people. Um, it was, uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't prepared that it would be this horrible, but uh, we have to speak out and call everybody that says it didn't happen liars. We have to speak out and say to anyone who's calling for a ceasefire, are you kidding me? Ceasefire, stop firing. And of course in the ceasefire, you know, I know we're upset, they're upset. There's no, there's no um, word from the Biden administration or the European countries. Well, ceasefire, how about releasing these hostages that That's were right. kidnapped? Uh, you know, they constantly show on the news over here the pictures of these, uh, these hostages. One little boy just turned 10 months old. 
uh, two-year-old little girls, three-year-old little girls, four-year-old little girls and boys. Um, it is beyond horrific. Tomorrow, and I, I got to admit, I don't know what to say. You need to pray for me. I'm meeting with uh, some of the hostage families to hear their story. And uh, Scotty, you asked me before we came on, any word on the hostage? And that's the first thing that I asked. Any, any word on the hostages? And unfortunately, there is no word. Um, the hostages were not just taken by Hamas. They were taken by Islamic Jihad, which are a direct, even closely linked, close, more closely linked to Iran. Um, some of the hostages were taken by Gazan citizens because uh, Hamas and uh, Islamic Jihad promised everybody who brought back a hostage promised them an apartment, a free apartment, and X number of dollars. And so uh, it's not just Hamas has them. Uh, they know that the majority of them are in the uh, 500 miles of uh, tunnels. And when we're talking about tunnels, we're not talking about a tunnel like a dirt tunnel. We're talking about uh, concrete tunnels, 500 miles of tunnels under Gaza. Uh, they're in citizens' homes uh, being hid so they can collect their bounty for them. And so it's, uh, it's an amazingly tragic story that nobody, nobody here, people, you know, I, I asked over and over again, I said, how did this happen? And from government officials to military people to people that were attacked and lost loved ones. We never thought it would happen. We, we, we knew that they shoot rockets in, in once in a while, you know, 200, 300, 400, 500 rockets. We're used to that, but we never saw this coming. We never thought that this would happen. And uh, every one of them said, America needs to wake up. The world needs to wake up. That's right. If they'll do this to us, they'll do this to you. And we can see the insanity of the protests that are going on around the world. I don't know if you guys saw it here, but they showed uh, the huge protest in London. And uh, the reporter went up to these two college students, female college students, and said, why are you protesting? Well, we're protesting uh, uh, for uh, the Palestinians and for Hamas. And the guy said, do you even know what Hamas is. And they said, well, it's some kind of really good people. And he said, you don't even know what Hamas is and you're out here protesting. He said, Hamas butchered 1400 people. And these college students who are protesting said, oh, I guess we better look into it a little bit more. And so this is the insanity that the people of Israel are seeing coming from the news around the world. And, you know, Israelis here have always appreciated uh, Christians standing up for them and saying we love Israel. But I'll tell you, nothing like now. They are, they are, they, they think that they're all alone. They think that they're standing by themselves. And we got to talk to civilians, government officials, soldiers, and said, listen, they may be loud. But there are more of us than there are of yes, them. Sir. We are standing yes, with you forever.
Pastor, tell us about the spirit of the Jewish people on the ground there. What are they feeling? Uh, how are they taking all of this? What are they saying? What are their thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's an amazing thing. Um, and if you guys, could, if somehow they could, you could turn up your volume and Tiz's volume, I can barely hear you. But it's an amazing thing. Uh, um, a young man picked me up from the airport, a driver, and was driving me here to Jerusalem. And he just volunteered this. He, and I, what he said, I saw everywhere we went. He volunteered this. He said, you know, on October 6th, um, he said, Israel was a terrible country because we fought with each other. Everybody was fighting with everybody. But he said, on October 7th, we became one country wow. and serving one, one God and one another. And we saw this uh, everywhere. Um, I videoed it the last place we saw, and they wanted to, you know, it was, it was horribly, it was, it was horrible. The whole day was horrible um, because of what we saw and the stories we heard. And they said, Pastor, we want to end with something real positive. And so the very last thing before we came for Jerusalem, we stopped at this place where every day, uh, starting at three o'clock until one o'clock in the morning, the soldiers can come and get a hot dog and get a hamburger, get a haircut, um, you know, get a Coke, get something. And, and it was all done by volunteers every day. They're Praise volunteers, God. civilians volunteering. And I went, went, met one man who wasn't military, but walked up to me and he, and, uh, he said, we, uh, I know who you are. We heard you were coming. And, uh, he said, I would just want to thank you. And this, and I said, are you, are you with the military? Cause he was in civilian clothes. He said, no, no. He said, I've got a business in another part of Israel, but I shut the business down so I could be here every day and help serve these soldiers and, and let them know we're standing with them. And, and I, I, we videoed it, so you'll see it. And so all these ladies and, and women and young girls and young boys and men, they're, they're, they're fixing hamburgers, they're fixing hot dogs, they're fixing euros and, uh, and serving these people. And, and we talked to them and, well, where are you from? Well, we're from here, we're from there. And they came just to serve. They came to be a part of the unity. And uh, one guy I was talking to, you'll see him on the video. He came from New York. He, he uh, uh, told his, his uh, business, keep going. I'm going to Israel. And so he's down there every day helping cook hamburgers and helping put pickles on hamburgers awesome. and stuff. And uh, uh, the unity, um, you know, one of, the, one of the stories we heard, we met with the mayor from that area uh, right before we went over to the soldiers and one of the mayors, uh, the deputy mayor of that area said, and he's an, he's an older man. And he said, he, he heard, he heard on the phone what was happening. If you guys remember um, the, the concert they were having, the concert for peace they were right. having, we, it was right there. And uh, these guys, these, these butchers came in and just started machine gunning all these these young people and raping the women and it's just beyond horrible. And so this man heard. And so he grabbed a bus 
that was parked in the in, uh, at, at like the uh, the offices there and went down towards it and loaded loaded the bus up with with all these young people and like you know a small bus but he got 75 people and they jammed him in and he took them off got him to safety and then he turned around and went back and got 75 more so he personally wow, saved 150 something young people That's and he said while i was there doing that he said i saw all these orthodox jews who don't drive on the sabbath and this was of course a Saturday, and of right. course, it was a right. special holiday. It was Simchat Torah, but they're all—all all these Orthodox are in their cars driving towards the the concert where these young people are running for their lives. I mean, the the videos are just unbelievably horrific, and and here's these hippie young people uh, loading up in the cars with all these ultra Orthodox, and they're getting them away. And so, you know, right. what Satan meant for evil, God is That's using right. it for yes. good. And, That's you right. know, you think about what he said on, on October 6th, we were totally divided as a country. A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. But now they're in one mind and one accord. And Lord where there God. is unity, yes. God says, I will command That's my right. blessing there. Right. And so Israel will never be the same. It'll, it will never, ever, ever be the same in so many ways. Uh, but I really believe, and I saw it, what Satan meant for evil, God is going to use this for good. And, you know, um, uh, you know, next week, uh, I was sitting here in my room and I saw this, some of these things happening on the news and Man, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart, and I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, this is this is the prophecy of Zechariah. And so, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning. I have jet lag, and so I got up and I just started studying Zechariah nine. And I'm going to preach it. It's an amazing prophecy concerning the coming of the Messiah. But um, one of the amazing things is that. Zechariah starts off and he says that the people in the land of Hadrach, and, and if you look on the map, there is no and never has been in Israel a land of Hadrach. And he's talking about the enemy attacking them. And he's talking about the coming of Messiah. And he's talking about amazing Bible prophecies. And so I said, there's got to be a mystery in there. And I'm, I'm going to teach on this prophecy next week when I get home. But the but in Hebrew, there are two words that make up hadrak. One is had, which means sharp or destructive. And rak means soft. And so I looked up in ancient Jewish wisdom and what the, the old prophets say is that Right before the coming of Messiah, Israel would be attacked as they've never been attacked before. But God, and this is what we talked about, the spirit of Hamas. If you remember the Torah portion when Israel was attacked that week is in Noah. And God says, I will wipe Hamas from the face of the earth. I will wipe this violence from the face of the earth. And the word uh, uh, had in Hebrew means... Uh, harsh are are sharp and it says i'm going to deal very harshly 
and very sharply with the enemies of Israel. That the word um, rock means saw. And they said that when Israel is attacked, because it will draw the Jewish people back to their foundation of serving God, I will deal softly with them. And then it talks about the coming of the Messiah. But one of the interesting things in this, and and we were talking about the the hostages and uh, where are they? And and it's and it's such a heartbreaking thing. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. But if you read it, and we'll, and you can read it, you know, when you go home, Zechariah nine. But God says that He's going to rescue. And I I can't remember the English word, but it's a word for prisoners or hostages who are in a ditch without water. And of course the hostages are in those tunnels. That's right. And we doubt very seriously if they're being taken care of. And so you look at how specific this prophecy is saying, get ready for the coming of the Messiah. He'll rescue the hostages that are in a ditch in the tunnels without water. And so, um, uh, I, I, every, every Jewish person that I talked to, I shared this with, and they said, oh my gosh, we, we, we're going back and read this. And so, you know, I, I, I really believe it's, it, I mean, it's horrible. It's, 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 it's beyond, beyond, and you'll see it in the videos. They didn't just kill people and murder people and rape people. Um, everybody, everybody ran and hid in their bomb shelters in their homes. All these homes have bomb shelters. Uh, there's bomb shelters on the roads and everything. And you, our people have donated many of those. We saw one of them that we donated. It was getting dark and I had to get back to talk to you. So we didn't stop. But in the homes, everybody's got a bomb shelter because you're right there by Gaza. And, uh, but bomb shelters don't have locks on the doors because in case something happens, they have to be able from the outside to get in. And bomb shelters are, are used to save people from rockets, from bombs. They're not bulletproof. And so some of the stories, and I don't want to bum anybody out, but they, in some of the hostage or in some of the uh, terrorists that they caught, they said we would hear a baby crying in a, or a child crying in the bomb shelter. And so we would just keep shooting until we didn't hear anything anymore. And I, we've got videos of just the bomb shelters riddled with bullet holes, but the dad would have to be holding the, the handle to keep them from opening because there's no lock. And so many of the dads were shot and, you know, I, I, we won't show it. I won't even show it when I get back, but we met one dad that was shot in the arm and it was just beyond, beyond horrible. And, uh, and then if they couldn't, if they couldn't get them out and they didn't think they killed them, they set the homes on fire so that uh, the, the families would have to run out of the bomb shelters and so they could, they could kill them. And they weren't like shooting and running. They would come into the house while the families are hiding in the bomb shelter and eat food and sit there and, and, and do drugs and, and all these things and just shooting them through the bomb shelters. It was, it was, uh, it was beyond, beyond horrible. It was beyond horrible.
And, uh, but like I said, what, what Satan meant for evil, God is going to use this for good. And Israel's not going to be stopped. We heard a thousand times today. They may have wounded us, but they haven't broken us. And our spirits are stronger than ever. Larry, first of all, hi. Hi. <laughs> good to see you. I'm okay. You. I'm good. I'm good safe. Good to see you. <laughs> good to see you and hope to see you soon. And we're all really proud of you going over there and being a presence. And uh, we're all with you. Yes. Come on. Give a big hand clap. Praise God. But you know, just speak up just a little bit, baby. I can't hardly hear you. Oh, okay, okay. I was choking up. I'll try and speak up now, not choke up. But um, okay. we're uh, all with you, and we're feeling that we're all there with you, being a part of this. But you know, I I don't believe it's any coincidence, of course, as you always say. But no coincidence that you're there. We're zooming in with you, and this is the day we're celebrate, celebrating Veterans Day here. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty significant. And, you know, it, I said... It, 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 is beyond, it is beyond a shadow of a doubt. Let me say, you know, I have never... This is the first time I've ever been in a war zone. Right. And like I said, you know, while we're talking to people in video, and you can hear the, the, the tanks, you can see the smoke. Um, right. When, when we landed uh, on Friday, we were delayed in the air about 20, 30 minutes because rockets were hitting, coming in from Hezbollah. They were hitting uh, in Tel Aviv on the raid in Jerusalem. Uh, he said, uh, my driver said, we need, may need to pull over because there was a red warning came out. You could hear the sirens. And, uh, but to see a war zone, to yeah. see the blood on the ground and the, the and everything blown up and where the murders took place. And so for all of our veterans, I want to say how much, uh, you know, we've always appreciated, but, Amen. Yeah. Uh, for all you veterans, I, I, I appreciate you and love you more Amen. than I ever thought was possible. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. I didn't, I, I wasn't there Amen. while it was ha- happening like you all were, but I saw the aftermath of that and, you know, I, I can't I can't imagine the things that go through your mind when you're when you're a soldier and you're having to fight this and and see what inhumanity can do to other human beings. And so our love and our appreciation for the veterans is higher than I could ever imagine. Amen. And Larry, could you just talk for a minute about how important it is? that in America, we don't just dial this out. We don't forget what's going on over there and just go on with life as normal because America and the world people have a very short memory. And it's easy to just kind of toss it off and think, wow, is that still going on over there? But how important it is that we keep this before people because this affects not only Israel or the Middle East, This affects America. And one thing you mentioned earlier that I think is so important is when they interviewed those protesters that were uh, pro-Palestinian, and so many of them, and I've heard this over and over, is that so many of them never have even heard 
that Israel was attacked. They think that no. Israel just woke up one morning and said, oh, let's just invade Gaza. How important is it that we here have a voice and speak out what is going on and the, speak the voice of truth here in America so America understands that the battle is in our, in our backyard right now as well? Yeah, and, and what, I've, what I've said to so many times, and I'm going to keep saying it, the further we get away from October 7th, my fear is that we're going to go on to another story because yeah. it's happening over here. Right. And that's unfortunately the way the media works nowadays. Yeah. And we have to keep this before the people so yeah. that Biden and other people, you know, you know, I said, you know, I said from the beginning, it won't be long before Biden calls for a ceasefire. Right. Well, he's not calling for a ceasefire. He's calling for a pause. But it yeah. ought to infuriate every one of us that all of Biden and whoever is calling for a pause is not putting any condition on the pause. Right. A pause right. over here on a ceasefire. It's just a different word for a ceasefire. It yep. doesn't help anybody but Hamas. It yep. doesn't help anybody but the terrorists. And when Biden says, well, we need to have a pause, or, or England says, or France says, or Germany says, or whoever says, we need to have a pause, what about the hostages? Mm -hmm. How 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 insulting right. is it exactly. that the president of the United States, who I didn't vote for, and shame on any of you who did, uh, would say we need to pause from attacking these people, but not even mention the American hostages. Yeah, exactly. Much less, much less the Israeli hostages. Not much, much less babies. Yeah. Little babies away yeah. from their mother, away from their dad, away from their family, uh, young women, and and hostages that we know one, one young man's arm was blown off. Um, at the concert, they were hiding in, in, a, uh, in a bomb shelter, and they just kept lobbing grenades in there and finally blew it up, and the young man was pulled out, his arm was gone, oh, and he, no. he was taken off in a truck. Uh, we know several of them were sh were shot. Um, one gentleman we we, we talked to his uh, his uh, handicapped uncle um, was shot in uh, in Kafaraza, uh, and uh, they thought he was hostage. But halfway, you know, 400 yards out, halfway to to Gaza, they found him several days later dead. Um, you, and this is why I came over, you know, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll, I'll say it. When we were walking in these homes, uh, they said, uh, well, watch where you're walking. And uh, I wore, you know, boots for that reason, because I knew there'd be glass and nails and stuff. And I said, uh, no, I've got, I've got thick boots on. And they said, no, no, don't step on any clothing. Because we're still pulling out body parts. And uh, I looked down and there's these, these little girls, little girls clothing. And uh, in the bomb shelter was a My Little Kitty diary. And uh, the thing that these people kept saying was we never thought it would happen. And I'm gonna throw this in. Uh, 
Don't think it can't happen. Don't think it can't happen in America. There's a reason reason why the Democrats want open borders. Exactly right. When they started bringing those ships in all around Israel, I said, I I pray that when Biden starts calling for a ceasefire, one, they don't use these against Israel, and two, watch out. They're going to want to bring a million Palestinians to America, and he's already talking about it. You know, uh, we look at the anti-Semitism. We look at the riots. We look at uh, the Palestinian riot in L.A., that, and they killed that one uh, Israel, uh, uh, Jewish gentleman. And how did NBC, MSNBC re- report it? Uh, during uh, 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 the demonstrations, uh, a man fell and hit his head and died. No, a Palestinian, a pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas hit him in the head with a megaphone and he fell, hit his head on the ground and died. That's called murder. But the, the corrupt uh, MSNBC and other networks just said he fell and hit his head and died. But I want you to listen. I want everybody to listen to this, not just at New Beginnings, but around the world. When we were going through the Kafar Azah kibbutz, this one gentleman uh, pulled me aside. And, and uh, you know, the two kibbutz we went to was horrible massacre. And the reason was, is they, they didn't have, they only had a few weapons. Now here they are right on the, the Gaza border, they only had a few weapons, a few handguns, but the, a law was passed. They have what's called first response. And so if there was 1,200 people in the kibbutz, then five or six men were allowed to have handguns as a first response in case something happened. But because they never figured it would happen, they had to all lock up their handguns in what's called an armory. And the the Hamas civilians would come, 30,000 Hamas or 30,000 Gaza civilians came into that area to work every day. These people were were known in Israel as peaceniks. They they loved the Palestinian people. They helped the Palestinian people. They would take the Palestinian people's children to Jerusalem for treatment for cancer and stuff. But the whole time, these innocent civilians were making maps of where the children would be at this time, where the women would be, where the first responders, where the weapons. And so when the attack took place, they already had snipers. And when the men ran to the armory to get the few handguns against machine guns, they killed them all before they ever get to it. But one caboose, this man said, I was one of the leaders of the first response in the caboose. And he said, we had no casualties. And I said, why? And he said, because the leader of our caboose said, we are not giving up our weapons. We're not putting them in an armory. Mm. You men, and we're not just going to have handguns. We're going to have high-powered rifles, you know, uh, not like machine guns like Hamas had, but like um, the, the semi-automatic weapons that they're trying to ban here. And he said, we survived because we had weapons. And had, had any of these kibbutz, any of these towns had weapons, they would have survived. 
And I thought that's the strategy of the Democrats wanting to change our constitutional right to own, to bear arms. Because when you bear arms, you can protect yourself. And, and had these people had firearms, they would have been able to fight back. But because they had no firearms, all they could do was hold the door closed and pray that they would go away. And of course, they didn't go away until 1,400 plus were killed and thousands were wounded and so many taken hostage. It's a it's a lesson that we need to learn, and it's a lesson that we need to speak up loud and clear. Don't yes, think sir. it can't happen where we live. That's right. Pastor, uh, we're so proud of you, uh, and I want to thank you for letting me cash in my WIMP card. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you all go. Uh, could you I got just, one, uh, more, one more meeting. To, I got could, one more meeting tonight. And, and, and then I'm, then I'm finished. And so, uh, it's, I know it's like 11 something there, but it's, uh, could it's you just share with us one last thing you, here. you talked about that story about the gentleman in JFK airport on your way. Could you just, uh, close with sharing what he said and why it's so important what we're doing in standing with Israel. Yeah, you know, one of the things, guys, we're doing, obviously, we're doing Aliyah, we're doing Holocaust survivors, we're feeding kids, we're doing all these things. But one of the things that we're doing is ambulances, obviously, and bomb shelters. And the thing that Israel realized out of this is that we've got to, we've got to upgrade the bomb shelters. And we've got to do it now. This, this war is not going to be over. Um, Hezbollah's in the south. Hamas is in the north. Now the Houthi uh, are, are, uh, from Yemen are shooting rockets uh, into uh, Elat. And, uh, and so what we're doing, it, it has been and is more, more important now than ever. But uh, we, we don't do it for any other reason except to be a blessing to the people of Israel. I was uh, in JFK and we're waiting to get on the airplane and there's a group of men standing together waiting to go on. And uh, this uh, one gentleman standing next to me looks over and he says, are you Israeli? And I said, oh, no, uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I, uh, he said, you're American. And I said, yes. And he's Israeli. And he said, well, can I, who are you? Why, why are you, why are you going to Israel at a time like this? And so bef before I, you know, I said what we're doing, I said, well, I'm Larry Huck. And he goes, you're Larry Huck. And I said, yeah. And he goes, we've all heard of you. We heard what you do. And of course I said, well, listen, it's not me. It's the, it's our partners that love Israel. It's yes, our, it is. our partners around the world. Yes, but it, I, I, it really moved me that here's this man and he, and he's the, he's the guy. Uh, I don't even remember his name. I got his card, but he's the guy that just had just brought uh, families of hostages before the speaker of the house and before Congress oh, wow. to, to ask Congress to stand up. Wow and not just give the Palestinians $100 million and not just tell Israel to uh, cease fire, but demand it, the, uh, 
demand the, 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 the Palestinians to release these hostages. Yeah. And, yeah. and I thought it was very, a very honoring thing uh, that he knows who we are. Uh, he's, it did, I, he didn't look religious to me. He didn't seem religious, but he knew who we are. And, uh, you know, I was sitting on the plane. He walks up to me on the plane. He said, can I get a card from you? And we exchange cards. And, uh, and I thought, you know, if one man in Israel knows who we are because of what we're doing for Israel, don't you know Almighty God knows who every one of you are? Amen. Because he said, Amen. I will bless those who bless Israel. Yeah. Larry. So I'll leave um, you with that, hey, guys. Wait, wait Larry. One, yeah. one more thing, please. One more thing. I just think that it, it, it would be so um, comforting to our people and our stream family if we just tell about, real quickly, the things that we are doing to support Israel. I mean, we have been giving to Karen Hesot uh, since this broke out, which, of course, we give all along, but specifically for this. And we have fed thousands of people. We have literally moved thousands of people to safe zones. We are doing the bomb shelters. We're doing uh, the ambulances. We're doing so many different things. And I know it's a heavy thing to talk about. It's not comfortable to hear about these things. But it's so important that as we give to Israel and support them with our voice and our finances, that our people feel that sense of God's blessing and God's pleasure. And I think just if you could just talk about that for one minute and then tell us what Genesis 12 says about those who are a blessing to Israel. Well, you know, let me let me share this and, 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 and I'll get into that. Uh, Scotty, you and Lydia remember when we went to that military base down by the Gaza Strip, that very secretive military base, and we were so impressed uh, with those young men that, you know, when we asked them, you know, and it's, and for those that don't know, it's like the, it's like the, the, the green beret of the green beret. These are the guys that go into these danger zones and rescue. And it's just amazing. Uh, and when we had our picture taken, um, we were facing them, but their backs were to the camera because you can't see them. Well, they were some of the, and we bought a, a, an ambulance for them. In fact, I think we're, I think we'll see the ambulance tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that's what they were telling me, but we were so impressed with these young men. Why would you do this? It's our country. And some of them were from Argentina. Some of them were from uh, America. And uh, one of those young men that Scotty, we we talked to. He he got killed on that initial attack. They they were the first to respond. Twenty years old, gave his life for his country, and you know, there's so many needs over here right now. It's 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 literally overwhelming. The suffering that these people are going through, it's its its overwhelming. You know, we've we have helped move thousands, like you said, Tiz, but right now we're helping move 85,000 out of the area. They can't, there's, they can't be there. 
Uh, you'll hear in the you'll hear in the videos the bombs going off. You know, we were we were walking in in uh, uh, Kibbutz Kafaraza and uh, and they said, Pastor, come come this way. And I said, "What's wrong?" And they said, you, it, "Too close to where snipers can get you." And uh, and these, you know, um, their crops are rotting, their their fields are rotting. Uh, it's devastating on their economy. It's uh, uh, there's nobody here. There's I went I went to get a uh, something to eat up Ben Uta Street last night. It's there's nobody here. Everything's closed. It's it, there's. You know, one of the, one of the young nineteen-year-old soldier right out my hotel here uh, at the Damascus Gate, named Elisheva, of all things, is uh, was just walking uh, up the sidewalk, and they ran up and slit her throat and stabbed her friend, and the friend lived, but she died. And uh, so, you know, the ambulances, the bomb shelters—I mean, there's no end to the need because it's it's just ongoing. But on top of all of that, I mean, some, there's Holocaust survivors that are being held captive, but there's other Holocaust survivors that were murdered. There's other Holocaust survivors that, uh, you know, one lady, one Holocaust survivor said, I, I thought what the Nazis did was bad. This is beyond anything I could imagine. And so there's medicine, there's food, there's clothing, there's beds there's i mean you're talking about no end there there's no, there's no end and israel's not getting any any aid really there most of the countries it's it's a political hot potato to to touch them and so the every penny that we give um I think I think we're at our people are at about two million that we've given, and uh, when they told us when they told me today that what our two million what percentage that is, I was I was shocked. I said, "Man, where's the rest of the world? Where? Uh, holy cow!" I can, I heard uh, Sam on the phone talking, and he goes, "They gave." They gave two, what did he say? Two, 200 shekels. He said, are you kidding me? That's 50 bucks. And uh, it's, it's the need here is beyond any, any description. The need here is beyond, there's no, you name it. Everything from huge items, an ambulance, 165,000. There's no end to the need. And God, I hope we we hope it doesn't happen. But with Gaza and then Hezbollah and then the West Bank, and so this is an Esther moment for the church. Yes, it and, is. And you know, like Mordecai, I said to Esther, he said, "If you don't step up, don't think you'll escape." But for such a time as this, and and I really believe. You know, I, I, we had all these soldiers and all these civilians around us at the last stop, and they're saying, you know, you know, why, why are you all, why is everybody turning their back? And I said, listen, not everybody's turning their back. They just got bigger mouths than we do. That's it. 
But, you know, I was asked to be in, in a couple of days, we're, we're trying to throw a rally together in DC and I, I won't be able to make it. And we're hoping for a million people to, to rally. And, and what we've been calling for is we got to get louder. We got to get out of the building and we got to get louder. And I told these people, I said, listen, the first on, on, on October 8th, on the Sunday, uh, we did a message in our church that went worldwide of standing with Israel. And within two days, we got a million responses, thumbs up. We're standing with Israel. And I said, they may be louder, but I guarantee you there are more of us than there are of them. And we're going to make it known come voting time and before voting time that we are standing with Israel. And anybody that doesn't stand with Israel, you know, Genesis 12 is, as you said, God said, I will bless those who bless Israel. Blessing Israel is an action. We pray for Israel, obviously, but blessing Israel is an action. But God said, I will curse those who curse you. And say, being pro-Hamas, being pro-Palestinian is a curse but not saying anything or not doing anything to leaders of the church, that's a curse. And we've, we've seen, and when you read Zechariah 9, you realize, wow, God not only fulfills his word, but he fulfills it in detail. Amen. And so I'll leave you this because I'm already 15 minutes late for my meeting. Uh, but for Israel and for all of us, our best is yet to come. I love you guys. I love you love all. You, uh, I, I get I get to come home on my birthday. I'll be flying home on my birthday. And so uh, I will see you next Sunday, and we'll talk about the prophecy of Zechariah. I love Amen. you. Amen. God bless. Thanks, Dad. Love you. Love you guys. Be, be safe and behave. I will. I have I only, I've only punched five people so far. Half hood, half holy. Love you. We're proud of you, Dad. Love you. Bye bye. Give him heaven. Bye. Amen. Love you, kids. Bye. Bye bye. Amen. That was powerful. <laughs> well, we're a part of something that is very great. And, um, you know, we're a part of something that is not only just an historical event, but we're a part of prophecy unfolding in the last days. When we were in Israel uh, four years ago and we were writing Larry's book on um, prophecy, and I remember uh, I was writing some things and editing in the room, in the hotel room, and just feeling such an overwhelming sense of being right in the middle of prophecy. And I closed my eyes and just began to pray, and I could see God from the beginning of time. And as the word of God was written in the prophecy of the end times, God seeing us taking that baton and being those that carry the torch, that carry the baton to the finish line. And that's a great honor and a great privilege but it's also a great responsibility that we have upon us. And we are so grateful for those of you that stand with us here in this building, here in this city, here across the world streaming our TV program. It's astounding the support that we have been able to 
accumulate and to cultivate over these years. And we're so honored, and we don't take that lightly, but we are so honored to help in some way to support Israel, but also to stand on the right side of history and the right side of the Bible and the Word of God. Amen. We have a big job to do, but we're doing it, y'all, and we're so proud of you. And we just want to have a closing prayer, and then I have one more thing I want to say to you. But I want, Pastor Scott, would you pray over us and over Israel and over America yes. right now? Yes, Lord. Come on, church. Let's pray. If you pray in tongues, pray yes, right now softly you, where you're at. Let's intercede, Father. Thank we you, come together Hallelujah. in agreement. Hallelujah. And we Hallelujah. trust your word about the power of agreement. Praise Wherever you, two Lord. or more Praise would agree, you, Lord, yes, there you would God. be in the midst of us. And in the midst of our yes, prayers, we God. intercede Hallelujah. for Israel. Thank you, Father Lord. God, we come into agreement that all of those that have yes. lost loved ones Thank in you, Israel Lord. that My are God. suffering, yes. loosen yes. your yes. comfort and consolation supernaturally yes, into their lives right now. Hallelujah. Father God, for Thank those you. hostages you, that are there in the dark, yes. suffering, wondering yes. what's going to yes. happen yes. with their lives. Father God, we come Thank into you, agreement Lord. that yes. every demonic force Hallelujah. that's trying to hinder them, oppress yes, them, and God. murder yes. them. Father, we bind that Thank spirit you, now in the name yes, and by the God. blood Hallelujah. of our Messiah, the Lord Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we call them out of darkness. Call yes, them out of that yes, hostage God. situation Hallelujah. and call yes, them home God. free. Call Thank them you, home Lord. safe and Thank sound. You, and Thank we you, give Lord. you thanks and praise for that. Thank Father you, God, we pray for the leaders of Israel yes, and God. leaders in America and around yes, the world, yes, Father God. God, but especially in Israel, Thank that the mind you. of Thank God you, would come upon you, them, that they would know exactly Thank what you. strategy you, to pursue, Father, yes, and that you would give Israel you, a, a yes. quick and decisive victory over its enemies. God. Father, we say today that this demonic yes, spirit God. be broken, this spirit yes, of Amalek, God. this spirit of Hamas, we declare today yes, Satan, God. the blood of Jesus, is against yes, you, Hallelujah. and Father God. God, we loosen the guardian angels. We loosen the spirit of God. Father, to turn what the devil has meant for evil, turn it around, Father God. And over our lives here at New Beginnings, all of our Larry Huck ministry partners, Father, that are supporting and standing with Israel, Father, we pray the Genesis 12, 3 blessing that, Father, you would bless them. You would bless them in their coming. Bless us in our going. Bless them, Lord, against the Thank face of our enemies. Though they come against Hallelujah. us one way, you will cause them Hallelujah. to flee seven Hallelujah. different ways. Hallelujah. Father, we pray an outpouring Praise of spiritual Praise blessing and anointing yes, upon God. God's yes, people that have the courage Hallelujah. to stand with Israel. Hallelujah. God, we loosen your blessing upon God's Hallelujah. people financially, Thank those that have sown. Father God, may the hundredfold return come upon yes. their lives. Yes, Father, they have planted one seed but you will return Hallelujah. to them a, such a harvest of blessing yes, financially, God. God. 
debts will be canceled because they stand with Israel. Father God, uh, investments will mature because they stand with Israel. Legal problems will go away because they stand with Israel. Medical problems and medical bills will be canceled because they stand with Israel. It's your promise, Lord. I will bless those that stand with Israel. If you stand with Israel, stand to your feet right now and begin to pray, begin to worship, begin to call upon the name of the Lord, begin to call upon Jehovah Jireh, who is our provider, begin to call upon Jehovah Shammah, the God that is always there, begin to call upon El Shaddai, who is the all-sufficient one, call upon Jehovah Rohi, who is our shepherd, call upon Jehovah Rophi, who is our healer, Call upon Yeshua, the God of salvation. Loosen that in your families. Loosen that over your business. Loosen that over your, your loved ones. Loosen that over America. Father God, we give you thanks and praise today that all things work together for good that anything the devil tries to throw against us, you reverse every curse in the name of the Lord, and you bring us into that place of abundance and blessing. And Father, we thank you for that. We bless you for that. Hallelujah. 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 I have one more quick little thing that I want to do that is a little bit out of the box for this service. But... um. You, you all hear, hear us say all the time, in Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. And today, we have some guests with us that I don't believe it's any coincidence that they're here today. As you know, 40 years ago, Larry and I uh, were called to go to Australia and start a church, pioneer a church. Just Larry, me, Anna, who was five, Luke, who was 18 months, and God called us to a city Adelaide, South Australia. We didn't know one person there, and we rose up and we went. And I remember when we were getting ready to go and we were packing and we were doing all these things that I remember being so overwhelmed with fear, so overwhelmed with insecurity, so overwhelmed with the task of going into not just a city or a community, dear Lord, but a nation and thinking, God, where do we even start? Just so overwhelmed. I felt, you know, the old David and Goliath syndrome. It's, it's overwhelming to think, how, does this, how is this going to happen? So we went, we found a little icky old bank building. We, we set up shop. I painted some stripes on the walls and vacuumed some carpets and different things. And we passed out 10,000 flyers, Larry and I and the kids. Well, Luke didn't pass them out, but he rode in the shopping cart. <laughs> passed out 10,000 flyers and in the rain and, and the weather and, and uh, opened up shop and me on the organ and Larry behind the microphone. We, we sang worship three fast and two slow <laughs> songs. <laughs> it was pathetic. And yet the building filled up that night and we had revival. Well, one of those couples that came that night and gave their lives to the Lord is here with us today. And I want to welcome Scott and Linda Chirac. 
and we haven't seen each other in 43 years because, no, I'm sorry, 37 years. I went, I did my math the wrong way. And so we went there 40 years ago and we were there three years and we, you guys were such an instrumental part of what God was doing there. The reason I think this is no coincidence that you're here today is because here we are talking about building bridges in the world, tearing down walls that divide, tearing down prejudices in the world that are destructive and that are originated from the pit of hell. And I wanna tell you, we did that in Adelaide. It was one of the most segregated cities in the world. And the nation was so segregated and there were immigrants and people from all over the world that had, you know, opposing views of, of the world. And we saw revival. We had 28 nationalities that were represented in our church. All the time, Larry would say, we're the United Nations for Christ. We had every, every nation you could imagine represented and full of love. We broke down those walls that divide. We built bridges and we had revival. So Come what on. we're talking about today being, uh, you know, a big topic and a big subject, don't think that God doesn't have a plan or God doesn't have an answer because we've seen him do this time and time again and tear down those walls that divide and build bridges to bring God's people together and have revival. Scott, we were talking earlier about the night that we opened in this little funky building in this little funky part of town and with this weird old movie on prophecy and you guys had received a flyer and you came in that night and what happened to you that night? Uh, that night I was, uh, we were both sitting in about the fourth row from the front which wasn't saying much, a very little building and uh, <laughs> they had a prophecy feet. film on and uh, they had an altar court, I was so convicted my wife believed I needed saving. She got saved the next night. <laughs> you what, you what needed a head start. Is um, he he had every head bowed, Pastor Hakas, every head bowed, every eye closed, and uh, he asked us to put a hand up. We said Christ is our Savior, and I, I was fighting it. I didn't want to do it, and so finally, after all these hands going up, there were 62 people saved that weekend. After all wow. these hands coming up, is the last call. I don't know what happened, I put my hand up. And he said, I see that hand, I went, oh no. And, and then what happened, he wanted us all to stand. He said, I want everyone to stand. So we started standing and we sang a song like the King is Coming or something. And uh, he said, you put your hand up, I want you to do something. I want you to come to the front. I'm six foot six, I'm not going to the front. <laughs> the problem was he pointed at me in front of everybody they said, you put your hand up. You need to come to the front. The cat was out the bag. <laughs> and so I went to the front. I gave my life to Jesus. Um, I was very skeptical. Uh, Pastor Huck and Tiz invited us back for a barbecue. Uh, she says, she's got a photo of me and I'm still very standoffish. I was, you he's know, he's American and I'm Australian, he, you know. It's very different back then. It was very different. He's leaning against the wall while Larry's talking to everybody and this is his face. <laughs> finally, they didn't trust us yanks finally he uh he said you need he looked at me and said the problem with you is you haven't really made your mind up and i hadn't and uh, and i said okay and he said well you better make your mind up 
And then he changed the topic to fishing. And I sat there convicted for 30 minutes. And in the middle of a fishing conversation, I stood up in a lounge room. I said, okay, I'll serve God, I'll do it. And he just looked, everyone just looked and thought, what? What happened? And then I said, what do I have to do? And he said, you've got to come to church where the doors are open. I thought, oh, I can do that. <laughs> At the time, I thought it was only going to be Sunday morning, Sunday night. But then that Sunday, he announced they had revival meetings, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> and, I, and I'm a man of my word. And so I said, well, I'm going to come. So we both went. And, um, and it was an hour f- drive. I, a one-hour drive. We'd fight often on the way there, but we got there. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember the first night I was there or the first service, uh, it was an American evangelist. And, uh, you know, and all my... We call them bogans, which is a bit, I don't know what you call them here, but a bit rough at background. I just looked at the visiting speaker and said, so you're the American guest speaker, are you? And I was very skeptical, sarcastic. I mean, there's only two, there's only three Americans in the building. There's the huts and there's him. Uh, and what he didn't know is I, I said, God, I'll serve you and I'll go for you if you change my life. I've grown up in church. I've never really been born again, never been changed, never been transformed. I'd say, I'll give you three months. One thing you don't do with God, you don't make deals. I made a deal, I told nobody. And on the final night, the visiting speaker is giving out words and he gives me a word. And he says, God told me to tell you, you said to him, that you give three months of your life and if it doesn't work for you, you're gonna go back to the life of drugs and alcohol. He says, I'm here to tell you tonight, your life's gonna change from this night forward. Amen. Amen. And that night, I was totally transformed, totally changed. And the huts were such a blessing to us. It was a real foundational time. We have nothing but fond memories. And they're only there for only a few years. And, uh, and I remember when they were leaving, Pastor Haki, he made a comment to me and Linda. He said that we're leaving. He said, but our lives will always be linked. And you know, today, here it is 40 years later, and I'm standing in his church. And so we are still linked. Well, and, and, and we're so proud of you because after we did leave, and, and you, were, you guys were very vital in forming that church. You were in the middle of everything. You became leaders. You became, I remember you preaching for us, you know, and, and uh, you guys were just the, the best disciples and the best converts, and we were so proud of you. But... After we left, and the church had a few other pastors, but then you guys took that church and pastored that church until just recently. Wow. And so talk about enjoying the fruit of your labor and seeing the long-term results of that. And I don't want to keep you long, but I think the greatest miracle that we remember and that impacted us was the multiracial. It was so incredible. And Linda, you were a big part of that too, and just... Do you have a word about how that happened? It was so supernatural and such a move of God, but it was also things that we did that broke the barriers down. What do you remember in that situation? I guess for me, just seeing um, different people coming in, different, um, just every type of person. And yes, we did have 28 nationalities coming through. And for us, it just seems so normal. It, and it's amazing when I hear today, we went to a conference a while ago and they wanted to do a workshop on how do you make your church um, multiracial? And we're, and we're like, that's normal, isn't it? And, uh, and, and 
in Adelaide, we just saw it, and, and really it was actually a very white city. It still is in some ways. We do have a lot of migrants coming in, but we had Aboriginals. We had a whole group in which they're the um, Indigenous people, but we had a whole group of Aboriginal people, and they integrated into the church, all of the white people, which was, and they were family. Um, we saw European nations, we saw Africans, we saw Indians, we saw every colour of the rainbow come through, and I think it was one of the most wonderful times and to me, that is normal. It's something that we kept going as we pastored the church, as we encouraged. And at one stage, we counted 26 nationalities and um, we had Finnish people, you know, Nordic people. It was just unbelievable, the different um, groups. And just we, we loved it. And this is in a city where if you drive through the heart of Melbourne or of, of Adelaide, you drive downtown and every block is made up of different nationalities. They don't mix, they don't blend. And we made a point when we went to that nation, and this is what we have always done, we will break down those barriers Come that divide. On. And we went in yes. and we purposefully prayed that that would happen. And then we did everything we could to make it happen. And I'm not kidding you, these were hardcore lines that were drawn. We had Russians, Alex and Nadia, we had Ukrainians, we had Ch Chinese. Russians, we had Yugoslavians, Hungarians, Spanish, Colombia, and we even had Aussies. <laughs> and we had three, no, four Yanks. Larry, me, Anna, and Luke. <laughs> Anna was five. She had nursery duty, and I was training Luke at 18 months to be the head usher. <laughs> it was wild and crazy times. But I'm telling you, when you believe God to do the impossible, he does that. And then God does his part, the super, but we have to do our part, the natural. And we were evangelistic. We went to the streets all the time. We pushed our people, invite everybody you can, and they brought people. And we had revival. We saw thousands of people saved and living for God. It was a move of God that continues to this day but it was the first real breakthrough with aboriginal people i mean it was there was such prejudice with aboriginal people it was just demonic and we made a point and we reached out larry ran in and i were walking the kids to a little deli a little shop and um we saw these aboriginal people standing there and it was the day of our opening night and we had our handful of flyers and so we stopped and we began to talk to them and gave them a flyer. They would not even look at us. They looked down like they did not understand. And so we kind of got down under their face, <laughs> smiled at them, you know, and gave That's them this awesome. flyer and showed them the editors. We didn't think they understood us, but we gave it to them anyway and talked to them for a few minutes, no response, no eye contact. That's how it was back then, right? And so all of a sudden that night, after the movie starts, and um, I'm, I'm leaving the, uh, the platform, the organ, to go do nursery duty, and Larry is coming off and to start the movie. <laughs> I mean, it's all a one-man band. And all of a sudden, those people walked into the building, and they stood against the back wall and watched the movie. Well, before it was even over, they exited, so there was no chance to talk to them. And then the next night, guess what? They came back again. That night... Larry ran to them and he went in the back and while the movie 
began. He grabbed him a chair, he sat him down, and Grandma, if you remember, he sat Grandma in the chair and sat on her lap and put his arm around her and leaned over and kissed her. Well, I'm telling you, that is a huge statement at that time. And they fell in love with us. And they went back to, to um, the, uh, their people and they went back to their places and they said, there's some white folk that will love us. And we had revival. And Auntie Betty, and you guys know the story, I've told this many times, Auntie Betty was a part of that move of God. And still, 90 years old, and that little woman is on the streets evangelizing, and she's Linda, probably your best friend in all the world. Come on. Yes. So I just, I just wanted to say that because, no coincidence today, so many different moving parts of this service, but you know what? God wants us to have hope. God wants us to have a vision and a goal and a purpose in all that we do. The world is in chaos, but guess what? God has a plan, not just in the big picture, but to use your life to be a part of changing the world. Amen. Would you just give God a shout of praise? Amen. God bless you guys. I'm so glad and thankful for you. And God bless you veterans and you families. We have a gift veterans at the Welcome Center in the lobby for you today. God bless you all. Just God's